Hi, I'm David. And I'm Maddie. And you're listening to Legend Logic. back still on the haunted ep- or haunted House. haunted episodes is what i was gonna House. say the Our episodes are not haunted mm, not yet they aren't yet, yet. Yeah. uh yeah we're back uh, on the topic still about haunted houses but this is my haunted house yeah, time we're gonna hear this one from the other point of view actually you're gonna be very proud of me because this is extremely factual okay i mean great uh, uh, yeah, yeah it's like really weird Today, I am going to be talking about the Lump Mansion that is in St. Louis, Missouri. So I might get a little bit nerdy when I'm telling this um, to everybody because I actually got to visit the Lump Mansion in 2019 and it's part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast to begin with. It is truly a breathtaking place. Like you genuinely walk in and it's like you've set back in time. Uh, Today, it's actually an inn and a restaurant and an event venue and... It's on my bucket list to stay the night there. And oh, you didn't get to stay the night no, there last time? No, I didn't get to stay the night there. So what happened was, and David's going to already knows this about me, but I was in St. Louis for another purpose, and I love Atlas Obscura. If you don't have Atlas Obscura on your phone, you're doing it wrong. It's a good app. It's a good app. Basically, Atlas Obscura assist you when you're traveling to like find all the oddities of the world so i was in st louis had the night free and was looking up stuff and i found the lump mansion and i had to go obviously i didn't really know what the vibe was going to be like i didn't i saw that it was a restaurant but i didn't know you know what to expect Mm -hmm. i went there and they were actually having an event so i couldn't like have dinner but i got to go um i got to like sit at their bar and have a glass of wine and that in and of itself, made me fall in love with this building. So, how familiar were you were you with the Lent Mansion? Before? Not at all. Oh, you didn't. You hadn't read about it at all. No. At this point. So, I I read about it a little bit that I found online, and I was like, "Oh, this seems really interesting. Like, I'll go check it out." Um, and like I said, I got to go in, sit at the bar, have a glass of wine, and then I actually got to go to their um, gift shop and purchase a book to read of my own. And that book honestly solidified my love the whole thing truly haunted place that has a gift shop a gift what's an inn in a restaurant now so yeah they have a gift shop they have tours they have what do you want from them they're just trying to keep the place alive gotta make money man this is just a skeptical side of me but it sounds very commercialized for a place that's actually haunted so i mean when i say the gift shop i mean they just they i mean they sell t-shirts and stuff that say like Lump Mansion Restaurant and Inn. Mm-hmm. They sell books written on the Lump Mansion and on St. Louis history. Um, they sell like um, stickers and like different things that have the, well, we'll get into it, but um, just stickers and like logos and things that deal with the house. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty incredible. It's really cool. It's really cool. And uh, the gift shop is actually in an old time vault. Like okay. the family's vault, and so they have to do something with the vault. Like right, sure, and 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 I guess on second thought, like those types of 
gift shops and things, they usually, like, the profits from those usually go towards taking care of the house itself. So. Yeah, it's a really old house. So, I mean, there's probably a lot of upkeep. The family that, that runs it and keeps it alive today, like, thank God you're there because I got to experience it and it makes me really happy. So, like I said, what solidified my love for the Lemp Mansion was a book that I purchased at the gift shop. Um, it's called The History and Haunting of Lemp Mansion. And it is a phenomenally well-researched book written by Rebecca F. Pittman. Um, I fell in love not only with the house, but with this family after reading her book. And what I'm going to talk about today, like, doesn't even begin to scratch the surface. So right out of the gate, I recommend everybody go buy her book. I'm going to be sure to share the link in the episode description and on our social media page. But Rebecca dives real deep and she makes you feel like you genuinely know this family and that you could live in this time period and like exist on their level and it makes me really okay. happy yeah very well written book we love that um i also want to put in a potential trigger warning um because i would want one if i were listening um my story today will briefly very briefly um mention suicide and if that's not something that you want to hear about i totally understand i will try to warn you before it comes up so that you can skip ahead um, and there will also be a link to suicide prevention resources in the episode description because I want everybody to feel safe. Okay, cool. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. The Lump Mansion is in St. Louis, Missouri, and it was built in the early 1860s on a street that at the time was known as Mansion Row. You said the 1860s. 1860s. Wow. So a long time ago. A long, long time ago. Mansion Row. Mansion Row. Wow. Yeah. Great name for a road. Absolutely. I mean, that wasn't the actual street name. It was like a nickname oh, for the road. I mean, okay. Uh, okay. Of course. Yeah, of course. sure. So the Lemp Mansion gets its name from, you guessed it, the Lemp family that lived in the house. Uh, the Lemp family came to America from Germany. Um, as with most immigration stories at the time, the patriarch of the family, Johann Adam Lemp. Yes, his name is Johann, which I I don't know why I love mm -hmm. it. So he had a, an amazing first name, like Johann, and then Adam is oh, his middle you wait. name. You're going to be sorely disappointed here in a minute. Oh, boy. So as with most immigration stories, he came over to America and he left his wife and his daughter and his son back in Germany. The plan being that he would kind of set up a foundation, get a home for the family, and then send for them to travel to America to join him. So he arrived in America in 1836. And it's interesting to me that the Lemp family was actually like ahead of the curve for German immigrants coming to America. According to the Library of Congress, millions of German-born people arrived in America between 1850 and 1890. Okay, so yeah, they were they were ahead of the curve. Yeah, so our boy Johan is like kind of a trendsetter here arriving at 1836. Good for Johan. Uh, honestly. Uh, I could do like a whole episode on the reasons why German immigrants came to America during this time. It's super interesting, but it's for another day. So mm -hmm. moving on. Once Johan stepped onto American soil in 1836. I'm sorry, David, but he insisted on going by his middle name, Adam. What? You are kidding me. He said, I am not Johan. I am Adam. So from this point forward, our boy Adam is rocking it out in America. I mean, as unfortunate as it is, it probably helped him. 
Yeah. With the way people treated him as I, a new immigrant. Yeah. Um, I couldn't really find much information as to why, but just like you said, I kind of suspect that whoever was working his immigration paper thought that Adam was a more quote-unquote American name. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, from this point on, he's Adam. So Adam settled in St. Louis in 1838, and he attempted to make his living as a grocer. But in mm -hmm. Germany, he had been a brewmaster, and that seems like oh. a step down in job title. Man, brewmaster's like not only like... An actual really cool thing to do, but it's the coolest freaking title I've Again, ever heard. Again, with the cool titles. I yeah. think that's just going to be the theme of this episode, yeah. this category. Mm -hmm. But yeah, anyway, went from grocer to brewmaster. I'm not trying to judge, but that seems like a step down. But he brewed beer on the side and it wasn't his main focus, but Adam's customers who were coming in to buy groceries started to buy his beer too. Mm. And word spread, and suddenly Adam was like, wow, forget groceries. I'm a hops man now. Nice. So at the time, local saloons in the area primarily sold ale, which you know more about beer than me, but mm -hmm. I did a deep dive on beer. Um, I guess this ale had like a heavier, darker taste and color. And what Adam brewed was a lager that was like extremely popular because yeah. it had a lighter taste and a color than other beers in the area. Yeah. When I went down this rabbit hole, like honestly, brewing beer is like a whole science, and I've oh, been yeah, taking, sure. I've been taking our easily accessible blue moons for granted, guy. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there's a lot to brew making for sure, and like, I mean, it's crazy that it's all even in the same category because beers can taste so vastly different from each other. But and they're for sure, made in different ways. Yeah, but for sure, lagers. I think like even now, like lagers are far more popular than like an ale in general but i feel like you know back then they were looked at even differently um and so yeah i can imagine i can imagine brewing a lager at that point was probably very profitable profitable excuse me for him yeah so anyway adam started a company called the western brewery around 1849 fun fact the first western brewery building actually stood where the south leg of the gateway arch stands now whoa that's a cool fact yeah right there what a neato burrito <laughs> fact dude uh the western brewery started out small but adam was pretty innovative and one of the bigger issues he was running into was keeping the lager cool while it undergoes fermentation. i guess it does better fermenting when it's cold again science i don't understand um, but our dude Adam was like, you know, there are all these underground caves under St. Louis. They, like, exist already. Uh, so the Western Brewery started storing their beer in a cave near the Mississippi River called the Cherokee Caves in Bro. order to keep them cool. That's so cool. And if oh, wow. I didn't even mean to use the exact same word <laughs> that you used to describe the beer, but it works. It's okay. Um, if you're like me and you like going, I guess, some people call it legend tripping, I call it history hunting because I feel like legend tripping just sounds... Love some alliteration. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but if you wanted to go like hunting for the Cherokee Cave, I I'm sorry, they're actually closed to the public. So as of 2015, there was a one remaining entrance to these caves, but I'm not going to say where it is because I'm not sure the owner of said entrance would appreciate if I, if I did that. So sorry to be a bummer. It's closed now. Adam was killing the game in St. Louis. He won prizes for his lager, and he was called the father of modern brewing in St. Louis. Wow, and St. Louis is a big brewing place in yeah. general, so good for him. With all this success, it was time to bring the family over from Germany, so he sent for them to travel to America. Um, mainly, he wanted his heir to the brewing legacy to mm. come over, 
William Lemp. William Lemp. William came to America at 12 years old in 1848, and there's no record of anyone traveling with him, which is weird because he's 12 years old and I couldn't travel across the town when I was 12, (laughs) but he can apparently travel across the sea, so cool. Um, It's unknown if he knew any English at this time, and it's also kind of important to note that, like, he doesn't know his dad. Like, Papa Lemp went to America and William was a baby, so I'm sure that was, like, really scary for him. Wait, so what what year was uh, William traveling over again? He came to America, America, in 1836, and William came in 1848. Okay, so... So he was a baby. Yeah, so, but also, like, he's... Sounds like William was coming over when perhaps there would have been a lot of other German immigrants coming That's over true. as well. So maybe perhaps, he had some relatives. Yeah. So perhaps uh, the not speaking speaking English thing wasn't too bad for him at the time. At least he probably could communicate with other Germans traveling. Sure. Yeah. Overall, uh, William was successful throughout his life in America. He graduated from St. Louis University. He became a U.S. citizen at age 22. He fought in the Civil War. Wow. For the Union side, in case anybody was holding their breath Good there. For him. Uh, and he learned the brewery trade. And in 1861, he married his wife, Julia. 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 She sounds lovely. She sounds lovely. So, unfortunately, in 1862, a year after he married Julia, um, William's father, Adam, the OG Lemp, mm-hmm. um, he passed away, leaving William to run his brewery business. Oof. So when William inherited the brewery upon his father's death, and he ended up renaming the brewery operation the William J. Lemp Brewery in 1892. So if y'all felt any like serious um, listener loyalty to Adam, I apologize because the story is about William now. So oh, that took me off guard. <laughs> I, I I was thinking we were we were going to be with Johan the whole time. Nope, nope, nope. Main character energy. It's all William. And he is Johan to me, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, Adam is Johan, but yes. Yes. Okay. So, William and his wife, Julia, went on to have nine children. It's a lot of children. Unfortunately, only eight of them survived um, past their birth. And I'm sorry, I just, this is a tangent that I went down and I'm just going to talk about it. We have to take a moment to mention Julia is a real one for birthing all of those kids back then. Like, it was seriously no joke. Like, luckily, this family was very wealthy, so Julia could, like, have her babies at home and, like, be in charge of, like, how clean it was and, like, who all was there and stuff. But there was not pain medication. Nothing. Okay? Okay? Wait. Mm -hmm. In 1854, Queen Victoria was chloroformed during labor. So that sort of spiced things up for people. That doesn't seem healthy. Sort of spiced it up, you know. Suddenly, sure. suddenly the queens of the world are getting chloroformed while they, you wow. know, have babies. But I did read a source that said that midwives were prohibited from administering painkillers except for alcohol. Oh, what, what, mm-hmm. what were we doing? What, what, what are you doing? So women had to be like scrubbed down, cleaned with Lysol, and then like oiled up or like greased with lard. To, like, help with pregnancy. Nine times. Julia did this nine times, and David can see the fear in my eyes right now because giving birth is just a lot of things that I'm not comfortable with. But yeah. anyway, moving on. That was terrifying. <laughs> um, Are you sure you don't want to talk about that I don't. More? I don't. Sure. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready to right. move forward. Fair enough. So William and Julia raised eight kids. They had 
Annie, Billy, Louis, Charles, Frederick, Hilda, Edwin, and Elsa. Those are great names. Great. I feel like a lot of German names in there, yeah. Yeah. You Frederick don't... is Frederick. my favorite. You don't have to remember all those names. Um, there won't be a quiz or anything, so, you know, Good it'll be know. fine. Good yeah. to know. So, before I bum you all out, uh, here are some few uh, notable things, happy things that happened uh, to the Lemp family. So I you like can kind of yeah get a get a little vibe. So, uh, first of all, because the Lemp family was wealthy, the Lemp daughters were like many celebrities. So there are so many articles. Were was are were any of them known as the bells of any location or no? I'm just curious. <laughs> I didn't see that, but I will get into one title that I I know of. I'm I'm excited. Okay. So uh, they were like mini celebrities. There are so many articles from different papers of the time, like detailing like "Mm, what they're doing and what they're wearing and where they're traveling. Like Mm. it's really interesting. Like some of the articles refer to the to the girls like like it'll be like uh, Miss Lemp is the daughter of wealthy brewer William J. Lemp, and she made her entrance into society two seasons ago. Seasons. I know. It's like hot goss, right? Yeah. Hilda, the second oldest lump daughter, actually went on to marry the heir to the Pabst Brewery fortune. Nice. So like two beer dynasties just like yeah. real team I, up. I was going to say, I, I figured at some point in the story I would hear a name for a brewery that I recognized. Yeah. They nice. also um, have run-ins with the uh, um, the Bush family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that one? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, got, you, you, you hear what I'm saying. Elsa Lemp the youngest Lump daughter, actually tried to purchase a ticket for the Titanic. Ooh. But she changed her mind when she learned that there were no first-class tickets left. Interesting. What what would have been? I know, right? But it is estimated that over 20,000 bottles of beer and ale went down with the Titanic, and some of those were Lump Lager. Wow. I love stories about the Titanic in general, so... I love that tie-in. Yeah. The Lump Mansion has underground caverns that could be used to move from, like, the home to the brewery in secret because they mm-hmm. were so close together. And these underground tunnels were complete with a ballroom for hosting parties, an underground concrete-lined swimming pool, which, by using the hot water from the brewery, was, they were able to keep it heated. 1800s bougie, y'all. Yeah, just... <laughs> that that's today bougie like it's today bougie in the 1800s so so now all the caverns that are under the house are are all but sealed up oh, um, bummer. there i read that there was one left but again none of us can get to it so hmm. sorry sorry everybody i wonder why um, dangerous maybe maybe <laughs> So now I'm going to bum you all out, and I apologize. And for anybody who does not want to hear me mention suicide, feel free to skip, like, the next couple of minutes. I apologize. Unfortunately, many believed this family was cursed because they were just riddled with tragedy. Like, Hmm. so many sad things happened to them. So as I mentioned earlier, one of the Lemp children, the first one, did not survive. The child's birth date and death date are the same. They never named him, but I'm sure that that really wasn't easy for young William and Julia. In 1901, Frederick Lemp. Nice, my fave. The fifth child of the Lemp family died of heart failure after suffering a long illness. I'm sorry he was your fave. Oh, Frederick, no. But he was only 28 years old and he had a one-year-old daughter at the time. In 1904, William Lemp, the father, the patriarch, Mm -hmm. died by suicide. 
The St. Louis Dispatch reported that he'd been suffering from stomach troubles recently, in addition to nervousness, and that the deed was done in a moment of despondency over ill health and the death of his son Frederick three years before. Yeah. In 1905, Julia Lemp, the matriarch, the mom, was diagnosed with cancer and passed away in April of 1906 in the mansion. Dang. In 1920, Elsa Lemp, the youngest Lemp child, was found dead in her bed with a bullet through her heart. At this time, she was married and she actually wasn't living in the Lemp mansion, so this didn't happen in the Lemp mansion, but her death was filed as a suicide, and honestly, we're going to have to do a little bonus episode because after reading the police reports, like, witness testimonies, like, no, I'm not buying it. No. Mm -mm. You think the husband did it? I think, I think something is afoot. Is what Something I think. Something is a foot. That was like it's late. It's marked in history as a suicide, but like I don't believe it. Yeah. So sorry. I mean, it sounds uh, sounds sketchy. I wasn't there, but mm. so in 1920, prohibition began wreaking havoc on companies like the Lemp Brewery, and in 1922, William Lemp Jr., who was the oldest son slash the second child. He was running the business and he was trying so hard to keep it afloat and it just wasn't working. And he died by suicide after Mm. struggling for a really long time to keep them afloat. In 1949, Charles Lemp, the fourth oldest child, died by suicide in the Lemp mansion, leaving behind a signed and dated note which read, In case I am found dead, blame it on no one but me. He had left instructions for his body with the St. Louis funeral home like eight years before this. Wow. This family had a rough go of it, all yeah, right? Like just a little bit. Suicide, sickness, tragedy, heartbreak. It's, it's awful. So obviously a home that has experienced this much sadness, like there's going to be a vibe to it and there are going to be so many people who say that it's haunted and people that are going to have experiences. So Okay, so see, that's that's interesting compared to the winchester house why because the winchester family experienced a lot of tragedy but none of it happened in the house yeah which i think is an interesting contrast to this story yeah a lot of this stuff did happen within the walls of that home though this one intrigues me so far mm-hmm. yeah well it also like even even if something didn't happen in the home, the entire family lived in the home for mm-hmm. large, large chunks of their lives. Some yeah. of them moved in and out multiple times. And the brewery was attached to the home. Like you could get there back and forth underneath those caverns. And like at one point they were running the brewery headquarters in like the bedrooms of the home. Like mm. they made that the brewery home. So like so much activity and just like yeah. the dreams of this family was in that home, period. So there are many who stay at the Lemp Mansion restaurant in nowadays that experience weird things happening. But there's one piece of legend that uh, intrigues me that I'm going to share with you. Okay. Okay. We're just going to stick to one because honestly, guys, like like I said, I can only scratch the surface. Please go read uh, Rebecca Pittman's book if you are at all interested in this because she like tells you every single urban legend that's ever existed in this house. I don't have time. So there is a belief that a boy named Zeke lived in the Lemp Mansion. Okay. It is believed that Zeke was either disfigured in some way or he had a form of disability that 
made him appear different from other children and other people. Okay. This led to the Lemp family allegedly keeping Zeke in the Lemp mansion, specifically in the attic, so that he would be away from prying eyes. I read articles that were like, they kept him chained up in the attic or mm-hmm. like this and that. Like, I don't I don't see any evidence of that. Mm-hmm. However, people are going to embellish. Yeah, I was going to say, I can see how rumors would lead to, you know, really negative things being associated with this. Yeah. We have to remember that this was a different time. If Zeke was different in any way, people would have looked at this child as less than and treated him poorly. Plus, the Lent family, they were famous and they cared about their status. Neither of those things are reasonable answers for keeping a child, you know, in an attic. But it still gives, I'm hoping it gives context to outdated thought processes. In the book, The History and Haunting of Lent Mansion by Rebecca F. Pittman, which again, go read it. Uh, She discusses Zeke in an interview with a longtime Lemp Mansion tour guide where it is asserted that Zeke was a child born later in life to William and Julia, like the original OG parents, like Mm. as though they actually had 10 children and the world really only knew of nine, one who didn't live and eight who did. Okay. So Interesting twist. Yeah. So I read some articles that actually said that Zeke was possibly the child of William Lemp Jr., like the oldest son. Okay. Because at the time, uh, a lot of newspaper articles thought he was very scandalous. He was a little bit of a tomcat, you know? So Mm -hmm. they kind of... A tomcat, you know? So he he got around, and uh, a lot of people suggest that it was his child. It doesn't really make sense to me, though, because, like, he didn't live there. He had his own home. So wouldn't he keep his own child in in his own attic i don't that sounds really bad maybe but anyway uh the longtime tour guide that i mentioned uh from the book she actually like disputed that she was like no it wasn't william jr's child it was william senior and julia's child but it seems that oral history allows us to believe that zeke had a happy life and he felt safe in the home and there are stories um of different hiding places in the house that he liked and like windows he liked to look out of and people on the street at the time would claim that they saw a distorted face looking down at them from an upstairs window that faced the street and I am already sorry for saying this on a microphone, but those who saw him nicknamed him Monkey Face Boy. Yikes. Yeah. So there was like rumors around town that if you looked up at this window in the Lunt Mansion, you might see this boy. I'm not going to say it again Mm. because it hurts my heart, but no. The thing that's hard to pin down about this entire rumor, because look look at me being logical, David. Mm, Look at me. Love it. It's hard to pin down a timeline, okay? Okay. There was an Ancestry.com entry for Zeke that claimed that he lived in the Lemp Mansion until 1940, but the staff at the Lemp Mansion say that he passed away at 16. So if Julia Lemp was his mom and she passed away in 1906, like even if she had Zeke on her deathbed, Mm -hmm. if he died at 16, he would have passed away in 1922. Okay. Yeah. That's, like at least. It's a lot of years that are unaccounted right. for. Right. A lot of people have a hard time like processing Zeke because they're not entirely sure. But there are rumors that this boy lived there even after Julia died and like lived there with one of his older brothers. And there's just like a lot of speculation. Anyway, those who stay in the Lent Mansion, 
today, they see apparitions that they believe to be Zeke because they're they're small and childlike. Okay. Um, they'll take photos and there will be a child-sized shadow in a corner or on the side or nearby, but like never like super close to people in the photo. Mm-hmm. They see a lot of these things, especially on the third floor, where I guess more of the attic Uh, area would be. And it's believed that Zeke lived in what is now the Lewis Lemp room on the third floor. So if you like go and you stay Mm -hmm. in the house and you want to try to see Zeke, I guess. uh, The Lewis Lemp room. Yeah, maybe book that room. Who knows? Yeah, that's not the room I would stay in. But. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about that at the Mm -hmm. end. Mm So there are people um, that hear sounds of children's voices and like little footsteps like running up and down the hall like a child is playing. And I don't know what it is about children ghosts, but that's so creepy to me. Like Mm. my spine is cold. I don't. mm -mm. But many people claim to get voice recordings of child voices when they go to the Lent Mansion or like people who like to ghost hunt or paranormal research, whatever. Um, But oddly enough, the voices are usually a little girl. Not a little boy. Interesting. Yeah. If you read the book that I keep recommending that you read, the Mm -hmm. author actually had an experience herself, multiple experiences, um, as she was writing that book and like staying in the mansion, one of which she believes was Zeke. And when she told the staff about it, they were like, yeah, Zeke usually gravitates towards women that he may feel are sympathetic to him Ah, and kind of maternal-ish. That makes sense. So Good by that. Yeah. Highly recommend that you go to the Lent Mansion today. My time there was so brief, but it was awesome. Um, You can stay the night there. You can take tours. You can ghost hunt. You can eat at their restaurant for dinner, have a drink at their bar, buy the book from their bookstore. (laughs) You can even buy tickets to murder mystery dinners. Love murder mystery dinners. Yeah, they throw them now and they look like a blast. And (laughs) if you live in the area or you get to pass by, you know, don't miss going. It's a really awesome experience. And I'll link the... The mansion's website in our episode description and on our social media and stuff like that so you guys can check it out but that is the the legend that i wanted to tell you about okay was zeke mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think i think it's interesting and it makes sense to a degree that zeke would be a spirit that would haunt the house considering he likely spent the vast vast majority of his life inside the house so that's interesting to me i feel like it's the suicides i think unfortunately that would make me feel some type of way about this house and and believe that it might actually be haunted in some way okay well since you said that i'll share another tidbit with you then so there are a lot of people who i wasn't going to say this and this is a a trigger warning not only for suicide but also for animal cruelty so Mm -hmm. be aware of that it is believed that Charles actually, Charles Lemp, the last person to die of suicide mm-hmm. in the Lemp walls, at least that I know of, yeah. uh, he actually shot his dog and then shot himself. Okay. This is known because like the servants that were working for him at the time, he left them, I want to tell you, two separate notes. Like one was that whole, if you find me dead, it's fine. Right. Type. Yeah, it's, it was me. Mentioned. Yeah. And then the other one was what to do with his dog's body, like how okay. to bury it or how to take care of it, whatever. And a lot of people hear a dog whimpering Ooh. or a dog barking or 
not usually menacing like there's not usually like it's not a growl or a snarl it's mm-hmm. like happy dog noises sure or sad dog noises sometimes but there are also like there's a story um that i read from the lump mansion of somebody staying in the charles lemp room which is also another room you can stay in i want to tell you it's actually a suite it's like one of the nicer ones somebody woke up in the middle of the night because they heard a dog barking and then a very loud gunshot and like shot out of the room thought they were going to find somebody dead in the hallway yeah and there was nobody there it was silent hmm yeah i mean i think coming at it from this perspective it makes me react sort of in the way that you talked about when we were talking about winchester in the way of like I've heard a lot of things that I will like I wanted to hear and now I want to see what it feels like in person. Mm-hmm. It it intrigues me th- these stories intrigue me enough that I would need to stay there before I gave it a final this is an actual one or not. Yeah. Well, if uh we ever get to go and visit, um we're getting the lavender suite. I feel like you've said this to me I before. Have, why? Yes. Why the lavender suite? Um, first of all, it's just like beautiful and it's huge and mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, but there are a lot of weird happenings that happen in the lavender suite. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Does it smell like lavender? I don't know. We're gonna have to go find out. Either that, or if the lavender suite's book, we could also stay in the Elsa Lump room, but it's on the third floor in the attic. So sounds sick. I don't know. Zeke might come on by. Oh, spooky. <laughs> but that's all I have for this haunted house. Interesting. So you have to let us know what you think. That was a good one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I do my best. Mm-hmm. You do very well. Thank you. So let us know what you think. Uh, you can email us at legendlogicpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram. At legendlogicpodcast. Amazing. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you later. See you next time. Bye.